0: Welcome to Thrive Lay Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. God bless you, family. Welcome to Thrive Church Christmas Encounter, Christmas Experience. Thank you for joining us online. If you are um, in your living room or catching us throughout the week, we are so glad that you are here with us. God is good all the time. And we hope and pray that this is an incredible uh, Christmas experience. It's different than any other experience because this year is different than any other. And I want to encourage us to be extremely grateful. Christ came at a time that was dark and dangerous and corrupt and uncertain, and he is with us now in times that are extremely difficult and uncertain. But I am grateful today because God has shown himself faithful through it all. I believe we're on the backside of this pandemic There is light at the end of the tunnel. The restaurants are going to open back up. The kids are going to go back to school. Can I get a witness? Get those kids back in school. That's a a present we could all, you know, pray for. Um, We're we're, we're getting there. But you know what, family? I believe that we're going to look back at 2020 and be grateful because he made us stronger, better, wiser, tougher, more resilient. He has gifted us um, new Depth and wisdom during this season. This hasn't been a bad year. I think we'll look back. It's a special year. And as we celebrate him, as we have strived to celebrate him every day of 2020, even when it was rough, we strived to honor him. I want us to consider him and his coming to this earth um, in this Christmas season. In just a few days, you're going to be with family, socially distanced. I'm sure um, you'll have some gift exchanges. There'll be meals that, were, that are shared. Uh, but it's all because of the Savior, that he has come and he has established himself as the King of Kings and the Savior of the world. So we're gonna go to um, Matthew chapter two in just a moment. And the title of the message here for the, our Christmas experience is The Gifts That We Give the gifts that we give. Now, as you go in your Bibles to Matthew chapter two, I wanna just mention that part of the heart of Thrive for years now has been that Christmas is not about gifts that we give each other. And we have really worked hard to resist the commercialized Christmas. And oftentimes parents will even, people will go into debt to try to get something special for their loved ones, for their children. And in a short period of time, that financial debt takes the shine off the gift and it becomes a point of dissension and fear and anxiety. Family, I pray you have not fallen trap to the typical commercialized Christmas. Maybe COVID's made us more clear-eyed to realize that that's not what this is about but Christmas is about the Christ and the fact that he was the gift to us. And we see a, a natural response in, in Matthew chapter two. We're gonna go to Matthew chapter two and we're gonna read verses nine. Nine. Through 11, and this is the encounter of the wise men. They've had a conversation with Herod, who is suspicious because he knows that a prophecy is potentially being fulfilled. And so he meets with these three wise men that have come looking for the Messiah because they have followed that nativity star. And it says in verse nine, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen When it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. With the natural response, that these wise men, these, these, these watchers of the night sky and these um, type of scientists, type of people that their communities would look for towards them for wisdom. They knew something special was happening, something prophetic, and they followed it. And when they came face to face with the child savior, their initial response was to present gifts. I believe that as we grow in the nature of Christ, our natural response will be to be gift givers. Mm. Giving becomes a part of our nature. This is the beauty of the work of the Savior, is that he releases us of fear and anxiety and grasping because we realize that when we have discovered the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we have everything we would ever hope to have. So all those things that we looked for, for security and satisfaction and and fulfillment that were never enough, we can be open-handed with. We can be open-handed with relationships. We can be open-handed with our jobs and wealth because we have found the source of every good gift. That was the wise response of these men. And God changes our nature. We become less selfish, less insecure, more generous, more responsive to the needs in front of us because that's his nature. We become more and more like him as we get closer and closer to him. I'm proud of you, Thrive, because you adopted 107 children This Christmas will be special for 107, 107, maybe even 109. I think there were two more that kind of got added at the end, but we'll take care of them too. Like 109 children that would not have had an opportunity to enjoy Christmas gifts at all. And in fact, we were able to bless parents. We gave the gifts to parents so that the parents could give the gifts to their children. We provided them with the gifts and the wrapping paper. We provided them, you provided them with Christmas dinners. And can I just tell you, it wasn't hard to take care of over 100 kids. You acted, you responded quickly. You responded and you have responded all year in in generous ways. But even though there's a pandemic, even though many of you have lost hours, even though many of you have had time off of work, even though many of you have been nervous and anxious about getting out and about, we found a way to bless every kid that was made known to us that had a need. Why, why would we do such a thing? Why do we give tithes and offerings? Why do we give to a grow project to bless people we don't even know? Why are we generous because he has made us so? And so this Christmas, we enjoy his nature at work in us. We overcome anxiety, we overcome fear, and we become givers, givers of time and love and compassion, because he has made us different. He's changing our nature, isn't that awesome? Yeah, he changes our nature. Yeah. He, ma- he takes us from fearful to brave, from stingy to generous, from, from a grudge holder to a forgiver. Yeah. He changes our nature. Yeah. The savior has come and he immediately impacts the way we've acted for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, he can change us. On, the closer we get to him, the more we become like him. Family, in this season, where there's a lot of anxiety and concern around us, let's operate in that nature of giving. Give someone a phone call. Check on someone during this second wave of shutdown. Check on someone who you know is struggling. Maybe someone who's gotten sick. Maybe someone who um, has, has been laid off. Check on someone. Let's, let's operate in the nature he's given us. Giving becomes our nature. And I want you to know that every gift we give is meaningful. The wise men brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, we understand pretty 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 quickly how precious gold is and, and the things of the temple would be overlaid with gold, the utensils and the tables and there would be golden ornaments on the robes of the priests. We understand the value of gold and one of the precious gifts given was gold. The other was frankincense. When I was a kid, I thought they, I, I thought they said Frankenstein and I didn't know why they'd want to scare little baby Jesus but I realized that frankincense, and frankincense is is an incense. It was used, and it was one of the ingredients that's specifically chosen by God in the Old Testament to offer incense in the temple. And its significance was that of prayer and praise. They offered to to this baby Jesus, they offered to this infant savior a symbol of worship and faith takes faith to pray. There was meaning in these gifts, the preciousness of the gold and the the fragrance of the frankincense and then the oil of the myrrh, which was used as an anointing oil. It made normal things suddenly special. They would anoint the things of the temple. They would anoint one another, presenting that everyday item and instantly in its, in its separation from the common things, it became holy, it became sacred. And so this myrrh was symbolic that this child was different. The manger that he laid in was different. This, this barn was suddenly different. All of a sudden, Bethlehem, which was a kind of a overlooked, know-nothing town, a town kind of hidden in prophecy, suddenly it came to fruition and Bethlehem became a sacred city. Why? Because the Savior was there. These gifts were significant. Truly, some scholars They were, they were truly significant. Some scholars believe that the frankincense was actually worth more than the gold. They gave their very best. The trek was one of faith. They weren't sure exactly who they were looking for or how are they gonna find him. They just recognized that something supernatural was happening, something they had never experienced before. And they followed that star till they found the one, but they came prepared because they knew a king was being born. The gifts were meaningful. The gifts that we're giving to these, to these 109 children, the gifts that, that we give of love and compassion and, 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 and mercy and, and checking in and loving on and following up, they're meaningful. They're meaningful. They matter. See, the gifts we give now are like gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a, there's a cool little saying, "Wise men still seek him." Right? I don't know if you've ever seen I think they're bumper stickers or something. That might have been from the '80s when, you know, it was cool to have a bumper sticker. But uh, wise men still seek him. And if we're wise, if we're wise, if we're watchers of the heavens, and we're looking for his divine cues as to how to act now in troubled times, now in the middle of pestilence, now in the middle of a divided nation, then we will be generous and we will give our best. I think what is more precious than gold, symbolically gold representative of the most precious of things? It's what pirates love to look for, right? It's what treasure hunters are looking for, the gold blooms. they're looking. Can I just tell you that your life is more precious than gold. It's the best you have to offer him. And if we're going to be wise, and if we're going to take our heavenly cues, then we're gonna look for ways to offer ourselves. It is the best that you have. You know there is, there is, some, there is a universal understanding for the for, for if there's someone out there who is wondering if God even exists. Let me just tell you that if we were just animals, we would not recognize the universal dignity of every man. You don't have to write a law to know that every life is precious. It takes someone becoming demented and going through every moral stop sign, written or unwritten, that even a poor person in the corner of the world is still worthy of protecting. And natural anger rises up when we understand that there might be a power, there might be someone in authority in some corner of the world who has taken advantage of the weak and the poor. Anger rises up in us, why? Because we're not animals. And we recognize that that is a person with a divine spark, inherent worth, because someone, something tells us that child was made in the image of God. What we have to offer is more precious than gold. And I think we still offer frankincense. Right. Come on we still offer our worship yeah. Yeah. and our praise. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we pray? Why do we pray? Because we believe there was, that, there was a, a saying, you can't you take God out of school because kids are always gonna pray before a test because they're always scared, right? <laughs> Oh, Lord, give me the answers, right? I need a miracle. All of a sudden, everyone's a believer. Right. Why do we pray? Because something in us says, I believe. I believe. And so when we offer a prayer, we are offering a fragrant incense of faith, And when we praise, we're offering him our trust. We're saying, I worship you. I speak to you because I believe you hear me. And I praise you because I know you're good and you have me. We offer these gifts now. Friend, if you are struggling because it's dark and you're feeling very alone and isolated and overwhelmed and outnumbered, join the club but we're a club that prays because we believe god hears and if we would be honest as hard as 2020 has been we have seen him we have heard him he has intervened and if it wasn't for him some of us would not be here We're a club that prays because we believe he hears and we're a club that'll praise no matter how we feel because we trust him. We trust him. And these are the gifts we give. We give something more precious than gold and we continue to give that symbolic frankincense of praise and worship and we offer him myrrh. We offer him a commitment to holiness. We declare ourselves holy. We declare our children as set apart. I think that it would be natural, probably more common now than ever, to wonder how do we raise children in this time? Well, I'm looking at my son Canaan and my daughter Eden and my daughter Belen and my son Levi and I am seeing them as missionaries. No matter what they do for a living, they will be ambassadors of the good news. When I take Belen and Levi to school in the morning, we have talks and I tell them, hey, Belen's a a semester away from high school and I'm already letting her know, you're gonna hear things that we don't agree with. You're gonna have professors that will teach you things that are unbiblical. And let me just tell you that God knows more than your biology teacher. Or your, your philosophy teacher. God knows more than your teachers. And we're going to trust the word of God. We're going to believe in, in, that, that our mission is still real. And God's going to use us to win the world. And so we anoint our children. Right. God takes the mundane things like our jobs and our resources. And our little talents that alone don't make much of a difference. But anointed and blessed and set apart for divine purpose can make all the difference in the world. You might not be eloquent, but your phone call this week to that person that God lays on your heart will be enough to set them free. You are messengers with our little words and our, and our simple thoughts, but set apart intentionally, anointed by the Holy Spirit to do his work. Friend, we pray an anointing over you. As the worship team comes up, I just want you to know that we pray an anointing over you. We pray power over your life, that we would embrace the very nature that God has given us to be givers, to be generous, that we understand that every gift is meaningful and that our very lives are more precious than gold. Friend, this season, when you pray over your Christmas dinner, you may not be able to gather with your, all your family. You're probably gonna be isolated a little bit or distanced and not everyone's gonna get together. Well, make sure that you spend some moment in prayer, whether it's over the phone or through a Zoom or if it, with those that you do end up meeting with, make sure you offer prayer and praise. And can I just encourage you, family, that before you cut that ham or eat that tamale or whatever you eat at Christmas, Make sure you give God praise for 2020. Make sure you thank him that just like he came at a dark time in the the history of Israel, even though he came when there was a a, 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 a mortal threat named Herod, he still rules and reigns though there's a mortal threat called COVID-19. He is still the light of the world. Make sure you praise him for who he is and what he's done. Make sure you declare the good works of Christ in your life and in your home in 2020, and let that incense rise. And once again, renew your commitment to a sacred way, to a holy life, like that oil of myrrh Pray and anointing and make a commitment to be set apart. That's what holiness means. That's what something anointed just says. This cup, this cup we're going to anoint because it's going to be used in the house of God for holy purposes. And it won't be used for any immoral or, or, or unworthy purpose. So we dedicate ourselves. So we dedicate our resources. So we dedicate our talents. So we dedicate our work. So we dedicate our loved ones. For holy purposes, let's do it again before the clock strikes 12 in 2020. Do it at that Christmas table before you open up gifts that you're given wonderful tokens of, of love and appreciation, wonderful expressions of, of, of uh, compassion or, or admiration for those in your life. Before you do that, can you give yourselves anew to the Savior? Wise men still seek him, right? We still go and bow and give him the gold and give him the frankincense and pour out the myrrh for his glory. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.